the Podjectivity Network. Hey everybody, it's Solving Everything. I'm Dan Higgs. I'm Chris Adams. I'm Lionel Richie. <laughs> of course you are. And we're here with a special guest, our first guest. And he's a friend Proud of to ours. have him in the house. Yeah. Yep. Let's give it up for Mark Croft, everybody. Hit the yeah. applause button again. Why does that sound just like crunching pistachio nuts <laughs> <laughs> in mass? Do we have time hey, for so a much song? for podcast Hi. magic? Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good beer. Oh, do we want a song? First guest. I wait. Wait. I do want to say that I think mm. when Andy pitched the idea of me coming on here, you made it sound like you couldn't find anybody else who was interesting, and I was being settled on, <laughs> which at this point I'm willing to take. I'll be. I'll be perfectly honest with you. We had a list of thirty. We had a list of thirty people, and you were number one. 30, I was number one. Thirty-five. Wow. Thirty-five wow. people. <laughs> wow. Yep. Thirty-five so. people. Mm-hmm. Industry leading. Dude, you are splendidly adequate. We <laughs> didn't know you would eat so many pistachios. 30, yeah, you didn't. But I didn't eat before record. I came here. I didn't really have dinner. I was I was painting all day. This guy die. has worked a few green rooms. So. How did you not get any bird of paradise on your hands? Or oh, I washed it up. I changed my clothes already, dude. Don't even ask me about that. I got a I got a I got a I got a black T-shirt. Looks exactly like this one. Uh, drying at, at, at my house right now because I had to scrape. The bird of paradise blew off of it. <laughs> Is your closet all black t-shirts? He's like Johnny Cash with his I have, over here. I have several black v-neck t-shirts. Mm, that doesn't look like a v-neck. It looks like a crew neck. Oh, it's v-in out, baby. <laughs> you can feel it right there. Whoa. There's a stitching. I never say baby. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> that's right, baby. Trying that's something new. Try it out. Try it out. Try it out. Feels <laughs> Felt like glass. What do you need? Hey, baby. How do you refill over here? Felt like a safe space, Chris Adams. If I'm honest with you, I'm out of. No, it's great. It's great to be here, and I I appreciate you guys having me. (laughs) What song are you gonna play? From your from your latest. Oh, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. How many songs are on it? Uh, Southbound, walking Walking northward. northward. That one. That one's easy. Fucking great title. I think I can remember most of the words for that one at this point. That would be great. Um, (laughs) what did you ask me? I'm sorry. What song are you going to play? I could do Southbound Walking North. That's okay. A good one. That's, a good one. That's a good one. But yeah. prior to that, we were talking about how in this streaming age, mm-hmm. getting funding together and feeling like the investment that you put into that product, you have a hard time ever getting it back or seeing it back. So oh, yeah. like, what alternatives do you have as a modern artist to even get the means together? Well, everybody's doing... them off the ground. Everybody's doing, you know... Not everybody, but a lot of people are doing um, independent artists um, are, are, are doing these like, you know, the GoFundMe or the Kickstarter. They're, do, they're doing the crowdfunding thing and, and uh, finding that that seems to be the only way that anybody can do. Um, if you're an independent artist, if you're, um, um, you know, you're not with a label, you don't have anybody you know backing you financially, you making records. Even though you don't you don't make a lot of money selling music the way you used to, it still costs a lot. It costs the same amount of money to go and record an album that it did fifteen or twenty years ago, for the most part. Um, and so, like for this last album, what I did was I actually did one of the GoFundMe things, and and I never really was excited about doing that, if I'm perfectly honest with you, 
It's not something that I wanted to get into. I actually tried to do a go a kind of a crowdfunding thing in 2010 for a record that I did, and it didn't go really very well. Um, I didn't make anywhere near the goal that I was kind of shooting for, but it was pretty early in the whole crowdfunding days. And I realized when I was doing this new record that even though I was trying to do everything at home and trying to do it, you know, as, as budget conscious as I could, um, it was still going to cost, you know, thousands of dollars. And your time. It's a lot of time mm-hmm. put into it and, and, and all that stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, like how realistically I'm going to like put this studio time and 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 production fees and mastering fees and mixing fees and paying these musicians and you know paying for all this stuff um i'm gonna put this on a credit card again that's so hard to reconcile now Mm -hmm. and um so i did set up a gofundme for this one and and um you know you you kind of offer some some nice you know like swag uh, yeah swag i guess you could call it and like free stuff for the people that um that you're gonna be that you're hopefully are going to contribute um and i ended up it was it ended up being in a kind of an amazing thing um i was i was trying to raise about five thousand dollars i think i'd set it at about four thousand dollars i thought realistically like if i could get to four thousand dollars in you know a month i'd be pretty happy and i made that goal in like oh i don't know if i made it in a week or in under a week or something like that like it was an amazing thing like you know, sometimes you don't, you know, you, you, you don't realize how people are really kind of responding to you and how they want to support you until you like ask. Yeah. And in this case, it was finally just like, I, I just got to ask. I, I, I need help. I don't want to, you know, put five grand on a credit card. Um, and people just came out of the woodwork. It was fantastic. I don't know wow. if I had like, oh, 20, 30 people that, that all them dudes did you it, which is not that many That's people right. that, all over the place yeah. for however long, like. You ten years, over ten these years, and, and people that really want to support you. I mean, you mm-hmm. ask for money, like people are like, "Yeah, dude, we want to help you out. Like, we'd love to hear some more music." Wow. So it was a really amazing thing, and um, managed Rich. to meet that goal mm-hmm. really quickly. Um, earned more than I uh, was hoping to to raise, and it covered all the costs of the album. It was the first time that I re- <laughs> that I released an album that was paid for by the wow. time by the time it came out. So it was like, on top of just being like. Hey, I don't have a bunch of debt, and I don't have to feel this pressure to go out and sell, sell, sell this thing. It was just like relaxing right. and enjoyable for once to just to put some music out and just know that it was kind of taken care of from the beginning. And anything that happens after that, you know, is is I'm going to say profit, but isn't wow. really profit. It just kind of helps me going forward. So I can pay for the other records that I still haven't paid for yet. Can we call it gravy? Yeah, it's gravy, man. It was it was just a really, you know, you when you I feel like when you do that, it feels a little bit like you're going to the well, you know, and and you're asking people for money. And I, I don't feel like I'm not the kind of guy who's going to feel comfortable doing that year after year after year. There's some bands and some artists that do that. are just constantly like, mm-hmm. hey, support me, ask for money. And get really great stuff out of it and feel really comfortable doing that. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that going forward. But um, this was a, it was a, it was a pretty great thing to just have that kind of reinforcement of like, yeah, we really enjoy what you're doing and please do more and we want to help there's, you out. So. Yeah, there's something about... The idea that someone's music that you love, they can't do it yeah. unless they get money for it. Right. And somehow that equation sort of gets lost. That poet needs to eat. Death. That's right. They need to eat. So if so, if you came to me and said, hey, can you give me $100 so I can keep making music so yeah. I don't have to quit making music and go right. do something else? Yeah. I'd be like, 
Here's a fucking hundred dollars. Right. Take well, I, it. I think like, you get that. And I think a lot of people, um, I, I don't know if people really understand that, 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 like the, that that's the reality of, of making music as an independent artist these days. Mm-hmm. You know, like the cost to make recordings may have changed somewhat but really if you're going to go into a studio and do it it costs the same as it did 20 years ago when you could actually sell your music and make money from it but today with 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 streaming and god i sound like i'm just whining about the changes <laughs> and oh you know i mean the opportunities are there such with dramatic streaming. change you've seen such yeah. dramatic change in the business so that's the weird thing is that the craft hasn't changed yes you know it's still as mysterious and magical. It's the business model has changed completely. And, you know, a good melody is still a good melody. Yeah. But, like, I've seen this. It's a weird parallel. But, like, it does happen in other industries a little bit where I've watched my dad and the farming industry hmm. change in these quantum leaps where when I was a child we were raising animals on hay like Jesus mm-hmm. could have been born in the <laughs> corner of the building <laughs> to climate-controlled buildings with thousands and thousands of pigs and he's scratching his head and like, I, uh, do I don't know how to do the thing with the new and the, yeah. I don't own anything anymore, but I, I'm trying to keep up. Right. You know, right. and yeah, like, I mean, did he have a strong web presence though? <laughs> good, good GoFundMe, his GoFundMe page. Was he, if he was posting off enough, <laughs> you would think was right. that would help. His but. pigs weren't sexy enough, really, when it comes yeah. down to it. It's, it's. You know, you when you're doing this, so much of, of, of trying to do, of do what you're doing with when you're a musician nowadays is just market yourself. And, and it's an unfortunate thing. I wish I'd spent, if I could spend half the time writing music that I spend sitting on a computer working on, on uh, promotion and marketing and trying to get more gigs and promote the gigs that I've got and all that stuff that's just all this work. Um, but it's necessary. You, you you just have to do it. That's it's one the of those things of, the label of like as they do that. Yeah, part. I oh. mean, you know, at, at the same time when like a paycheck comes to me, like most of the time, that's all mine, and I mm-hmm. and I get to keep it, and I don't have to you know divvy it out to like eight different places, and you know make a hundred bucks and keep a dollar, and that's what happens with a lot of with mm-hmm. a lot of those label situations, but. Um, and you got that tip jar too. I do have the tip jar. That's a, such a money maker. And you got to eat all of those peanut delicious. butter pretzels. They were so yourself. delicious. <laughs> I should get another one. You didn't have to share Maybe those two with tip any marketing jars. Ed- Work a tip jar in stereo. Um, yeah, That's man. Novel. So um, yeah, it, it it is one of those things. You have to you have to keep up with the times and 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 do what you can and and um, you know really at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> you just I'm kind of doing what I have time for, you know. You've always been great with gear though. You're a huge gear guy. And you run sound for other people and you are just like the the PA whisperer a little bit of the <laughs> laptop or whatever it is. Like when other artists get flustered and they're like, I don't know what the fuck what's the feedback coming from? <laughs> Mark will get in there and start unplugging shit or turning a dial or whatever and then it's solved. And then he also had this very annoying habit. Of like I was the last guy with the cell phone texting people. Yeah, and I second have, to last actually. No, second the last to last. Guy. All right, no. I'll take whatever. I was very late in that game, and I always had these little cell phones. And Mark, when we'd go and we'd hang out somewhere, I'd sit on the table, and he'd put his huge 
cell phone and just cover mine <laughs> with his. <laughs> be like, what happened, yes, yes. <laughs> what happened to your phone? So he's always had the good gear. He knows how to use it. Is you? Do you walk into your your house now and just be like, lights on? Or a little I'm home, bit, baby. a little bit. Oh, I like, I, yeah, I like the smart home thing. If Alexa, I could do more of that, I would. Coffee. I do. Yes, I like. You don't all even need the woman anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really want to talk to. Well, Alexa's a woman, right? I really want to talk to a. Alexa is a woman. What's up with that? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit in, in, intrinsically sexist, isn't it? Oh, well, Alexa thing. I really want to walk into a room and just see a big red dot on the wall and have to talk to that. And have yeah, it, I am get sorry. Like, no, I mean, mm. I, mean I enjoy <laughs> that stuff. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I, I, I like the whole, like, you know, s- smart home tech and stuff like that. And I bought a you know house from the mid-50s, so um, it needed some upgrading. Got a Let's put it that, that way. And... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like a lot of like the gear stuff that you've learned is like I uh, just completely out of necessity. Like you have to learn that stuff because I don't want to pay somebody to run sound for me if I don't have to. You realize like I've got to pay three hundred bucks every gig to have somebody bring their stuff, and like that makes that's an extra three hundred bucks. Yeah. You're an exacting motherfucker, like, though. You know what? Well, you, you know, like it doesn't take many sound. gigs of, of paying out three hundred bucks to realize like <laughs> I could put three hundred bucks towards my own equipment and learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things like out of necessity. Like you have to learn to run your own PA. You have to understand the gear. You have to kind of know what you're doing there. And then when it comes to like, I can't afford to go into a studio or I don't want to spend the money to go into a studio. I'm going to learn on my own. A thousand bucks is a day in the studio or a thousand bucks is pretty much, you know, a MacBook Pro that I can run and record all the stuff on. Well, where's your money better spent? If as long as you can learn to do it and you can teach yourself and get it to a point where like it sounds okay, what you're putting into the box sounds okay. I'm willing to take it to somebody to have them mix it and go like, all right, what you did coming in was okay. Right now we're gonna make it sound great. Mm. We, if I can accomplish that, I'm gonna be happy. Um, but, you know, my expectations for you know the the the, the amazing technical sound just isn't there anymore. I just want something that's passable we can make sound great. And if I can do that and be creative in the process, then I, I'm going to call that a win. Wearing so many hats, dude. So much, so many plates. I, sh- I need a bigger head. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a pretty fat head. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. Now you have to play a song Case for us. Point. Okay. Remember that huge donation you got on GoFundMe? That was yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> that big anonymous. I haven't, I've been, on that yeah, part. remember when you when you donate at the really high level and there was that really nice prize like package that you got? Right. Yeah, the I haven't date, sent that yet. That yeah. Right. That's okay. That's not why I'm in it. I'm just generous. Right. I'm just generous. Uh, so I'll do um, I'll do the title track off of the last off the last ad, the last EP. Well said, Mark. Uh, and it's called uh, uh, Southbound Walking Northward. I'm southbound, walking northward Looking back over my shoulder all the way It's a hard trail, feels like walking backwards I'm pretty sure I won't be getting there today They said I ain't gonna get to California Washington's up the road ahead Don't you know something better waiting for ya Maybe I can find my way there in the 
an outbound train going nowhere Might as well just go and lay down on the tracks Watch the jet trails looking skyward At least someone up there ain't ever coming back They said I ain't gonna find you some euphoria Make a misery your only best friend I got no answers for stupid questions But maybe I can find some in the inner city Just be, I don't give a damn if I ever find my way. But since I'm southbound, walking northward, I might as well start enjoying where I am today. They said I ain't gonna get to California. Washington is up the road ahead. Don't you know there's something better waiting for ya? Maybe I can find it here instead. I said, So good. Guys, I am going to jump in here for a second just to say we forgot at the beginning of the show to let you know what Mark's website is. It's markcroftmusic.com, M-A-R-K-C-R-O-F-T music.com, or on Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash Music page. You can find a bunch of his stuff on Spotify. You can find a bunch of his stuff on his website. Um... Live shows are going to be postponed for a bit here, but watch for him in the future. He's a blast to see live, whether he's playing solo or in a band. I highly recommend checking it out. And it's not just because he's a friend. It's because he's an amazing performer and his shows are a great time. Back to it. What'd you do today? Um, today is Monday. I, uh, I painted my bedroom today what color? what color wait let us guess so Whoa. lavender oh yeah you know me <laughs> yeah, i'm all over lavender grayish grayish um i did i did the living room in the hallway and kind of a not well it was gray salted pepper is what they call it <laughs> what salted, the fuck is that is that white or salted black? pepper peppered something i don't know it's pepper something it's gray is it salted it's pepper it's something <laughs> it's aged it was called aged pepper that's oh, what that's I painted better. living room. That but makes I did more not sense. I did not paint the bedroom that color. That was the living room that I painted Aged like a month ago. Pepper. I painted the bedroom. You're going to love this uh you're going to love this uh, the paint color name. It's called Bird in Paradise. Oh, Ooh. that sounds pink. It it could Tropical. it's a little flamingo-y, but it's not. It's um it's kind of like a deep like a deep aqua near turquoise. 
Really? Yeah. I well, would not me, have guessed that for I, you. Well, points. you know, I like I like rich colors. I like a rich tapestry, Chris <laughs> Adams. I was uh, thinking of like a tan. Well, suede. Let, you look at me and you go tan. <laughs> you look like uh, a Mark, pair of khaki pants. Mark beige. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not Different sure. Different shades of beige. I'm going to eat so many pistachio nuts during this interview <laughs> just for that right there no your okay, albums so. feel beige to me too so it's just the beige color no this mm-hmm. guy wait, wait wait no wait wait can i, I have to finish oh sorry i'm telling you what day. color i painted i said i, I painted the color i just hide i painted the completely. It, uh, it, I didn't interrupt much get through the first question so first sorry. you told him first you criticized him for not brushing his teeth today yeah what's up with that it's monday it's my it's t- monday is like my saturday for what i do so uh-huh. monday is like the day i just wake up and drink coffee and have coffee breath all day and so what <laughs> Exactly. The room was orange with Ooh. dark brown Gross. painted trim. And it's been that way with one wall half painted because we knew we think we wanted to paint it that color. So I finally got around to it today. So I dragged my, my retired father in to, to come in and get on his knees and paint the trim around the floor. It was great. Oh, you made your dad do the floor trim? I, I hope you guys get anything were wearing done fluorescent tank anymore. tops while you were painting Bird of Paradise on the walls. <laughs> were you? Tank like tops? Robin Williams and <laughs> Birdcage, essentially. In, uh, Bird cage, yeah. um, oh, I see. Yeah. I missed that one. What's your um, dad's? I got to know what your dad's name is. My dad's name is Pat. What Pat a nice man. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, Pat Croft. Yeah. Nice he's, to meet you. Uh, he's, uh, I bought this house, and he does nothing but come in and do you know projects with me on Mondays. What's his retirement job, Mark? My, he works at a hardware store. Bam. Oh. Yeah. Which is kind of perfect for him. He was in the he was in the medical field. He was a like laboratory supervisor for a number of years at phlebotomy area hospitals. Phlebotomy was just one of the things that he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so he's retired and he works at the hardware store. I think he really likes it. So, did you use primer? We. <laughs> She's I a hard-hitting shit, primer. man. Hard-hitting. Hard hard <laughs> trying to relax. <laughs> hard, we're gonna jump on the hard questions right away. Because <laughs> yep. you looked at me like, yep. Hey, idiot. <laughs> You use primer, no, right? No, because they make paint now with the primer wrapped well, in. Well, you know what we did? Somehow. Oh, I know it. I know it. I don't use the all-in-ones because we. I, I'm going to uh, go to the True Value where Pat works. And uh-huh. Pat, at True Value is some of the best paint you could get. So we don't dumb it down <laughs> with primer and paint mixed in one. No. No. No, no you don't no. do that. But I'll tell you what Cheat we did do. Cheat the process like that. What we did do is I bought a cheap <laughs> can of primer and you take it into the True Value because they're wonderful people. They will tint it to the color that you are going to oh put my the final God. coat on. What? So we Come did that. Now. And Amazing. actually, I, I'm only about halfway through painting the room because I only have the primer on, but it looks good. Oh, my God. That bird, so is, that, picture, that bird has flown. Oh, you showed me the picture. Mm-hmm. I thought it was done. I know. That's just a primer. I know. Oh, yeah. Can I oh, see it? Damn. The picture? Yeah, we went. you want to see it? The, uh, pictures are good for podcasts. Good for podcasts. Yeah, because <laughs> um, you just podcasts. get the visual. You can just see all the stuff this that was thrown. This is a reaction thrown, shot. All the stuff that was thrown on my bed. <gasps> oh, my God. Gorgeous. <laughs> oh, my God. Gorgeous. Oh, again, show it to I can't. Look at that. I'm what breathless. You, I know that in that picture I'm on laying on the bed without pants on, but I just want... <laughs> You to know that I'm distracted. that's what I do on Monday. Is that yeah. yeah, no. Um, that but, color does suit you. You think so? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And the real doll, yeah. barely noticeable. So, not to not to wait anything too personal, but when you start throwing paint on the walls in a house and you're married, do you have to come to an accord or do you just pick it and say, "Hope she likes it." Ooh. Oh, you've. <laughs> <laughs> How does I, I, there's it's it's a process, there are, man. There are no independent decisions made. 
Much less when it comes to the color of paint. It was at right. some point where she had, th- I think, had thrown her hands up in the air about the whole situation and just said, "Just pick a color. I don't even care." About. Yes, that's <laughs> how they break you. Yeah, I know. This is what's it wrong really with was. America. And then, and then, it, well, in the end, I just Too picked many the color. In the, in the end, I picked the color that she wanted in the first place, and, and it turned out that she was right. And I hate that I've said that now yeah. uh, for posterity. Yeah. But mm. really, it, in the end, let's be honest with you. The room was orange with brown painted trim. So really, anything is better, you, you including it? lilac. Although it would have been funny if you put up wallpaper, like really ugly oh, wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like English hounds running <laughs> yeah. through the countryside. Yeah, that's the stuff we should have had. Funny. Next time. Next Not house. only did I have a striking tableau like you're describing our, our uh, images on the wallpaper around my carpeted bar downstairs when I moved in, but there was also faux brick uh, you know, paneling nice. against all the walls. Paneling and, in general. I just think it's great. I think you. I think you're underestimating that because what if you needed to take some senior portraits? <laughs> oh, ah. We could have and had the wall for our pod picture, like just a stream of right. you know stuff with yeah. your Letterman jacket and a basketball right on one knee. Um, I don't think you looking saw the so jacket handsome. that Dan walked in and, with uh, today. You got to have that shadow of you looking up. That's way. right. <laughs> what do they call that? That inset, like ghostly face. Yeah, like there's some, there's something really interesting over there. Look over there. <laughs> yeah. With logging, pensive, always can. pensive. Yes. What do you do for a living, dude? Hi. Hey, I, yeah. Since we just I mean you know these guys, but yeah. Since I'm a new guy, uh, you you want me to you want me to say it? Yeah. As in like. Mark, tell us what you do because yeah, we don't dude. really know. What do you we just do? met you today and we picked you up off the street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm a I am a uh, I'm a full time musician. Ugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, <laughs> and I have been in June. It'll be 15 years. Oh my god. Full time full time musician thing. Yeah. So wow. I you know do do I I, I singer songwriter write songs but you know the the money in 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 Wisconsin as a as a as a uh, regionally touring musician is in is, you know about splitting that you know 70 30 for covers and originals mm. but um so yeah that's that's what i do i do it all i do a lot of driving around playing music yeah so. what's that uh the life dude the life when you started off life, right? i mean we knew you yeah when you were green yeah and you'd written a, this great batch of original songs and that's all you want to play at that yeah. age right so sure. what was the process for you like getting out and playing and realizing that like oh i've got to play tom petty i've got to play what these people want to hear i've got to learn some country songs things like that like was that something you grudgingly did or it wasn't that big a deal i think that um i you know before i ever started playing music on any sort of you know professional way um i was working in a in like an insurance company as a like a temp folding you know envelopes and stuff like folding envelopes I don't know, it's full of paper and stuff in the envelopes. Dude, it's I didn't forward. last long there because I folded the envelopes. Um, Mark, you want to step into my office? But, <laughs> you know, quickly, when, when the, I think the first couple of times that I walked out of like playing music and somebody handed me money, I was like, well, that's interesting. Is that the place that you used to call it capital indignity instead of indemnity? 
that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling you either pointed to the building. It was a big, tall, round yeah. building, and yeah. you're like, "I want to kill myself." Yeah, this temping is just like West yeah. Side. West Side, yeah. where yeah. Yeah. Like they, like they, from built, they built the perfect building to jump off of. Really, that's what it felt like. <laughs> right. um, you know, I mean, I it was it was it was it was kind of the first like you beautiful know, and functional serious yeah. job that I kind of had after getting out of college, and I I knew it was going to be temp work, and I I kind of had an idea that. You know that wasn't what I was going to do for the rest of my life, and um, music was on the was on the, the 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 bucket list, the goal. That was kind of what I was what I was you know trying to do. Um, I just didn't know how to do it and didn't have the connections to do that. So um, and nobody else you knew was really trying to do that because it's not a conventional path to take, right? Yeah, so. I mean, I think I, I was so green, um, you know, at the time, and you just you just don't know. Now I'm beige. So, um, <laughs> Call uh, back. but, but um, you know, at, at, at the time it was, it was just, you just saw these the other people out playing and I didn't really have much contact with, with musicians that I would hear, you know, even locally that I would hear on the radio that were like local artists. And, um, you know, they just, they just felt like, there was that they felt like you know like gods to me. I was looking up to those people and going, ah, you're, "You're you're really doing it. And you're really playing, you know, and you're really out there." Um, Are there any people that were on the Madison scene and doing it when you were young and just starting that you remember specifically looking at and going, "Hmm, yeah." Good. Um, you know, I remember going seeing um, you know, this band, uh, Fat Function, um, oh, when, yeah, I was in, when I was in college in down at the yeah the down Stable. at the. Are they still around? Yeah, yeah they still come back around. and do cancer yeah. benefits and stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay, and and I mean that was one of the really cool things. I mean, I they were, a, you know, kind of a big deal at the time as, as as a funk band around Madison, and and I'm getting some really cool some 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 cool stuff. Sorry, but Al Fracci, Falachi, Falachi. I'm sorry for yeah. butchering your name if you ever hear this, Al, because you're yeah. a beautiful, beautiful horn player. Yeah, and he ended up playing on one of your albums, didn't he? Yeah, I had the kind of the horn section from Fat Function played on my ended up playing on my second record and that's and, amazing. And, and that's yeah, and, dude. You know, Al played you know probably a handful of gigs with us, sat in with us over the years, and um, great guy, great horn player. Like just that whole band is great, great, great players. Um, Tim Tim Whalen played on that on that second record as well. Did some piano stuff on there. So um, did you, know, you did you have a thought of like I'm gonna do this? I, did you know for sure or did you just kind of ease into it playing shows and then just kind of rolled into it or did you have this I'm going to be a full-time musician yeah you know I um I'm not sure that I knew that I I guess I thought if you were a musician and you were doing it for a living that you were some well-known you know artist that I'm seeing on you know like John Mayer or something yeah yeah like that kind of thing like you you were only making a living at it if you were on the radio or if you were on TV and you know that sort of thing and I I, I realized quickly like oh there's well I didn't realize it quickly I struggled with it for a while but you know I, I got to meet plenty of people that were doing it you know for a living um, and I went into it thankfully with probably just enough naivete to you know have have stuck with it and 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 um you know, really kind of pushed through that origin, the, the, the initial like struggle to get your name out there and get gigs and actually start getting paid something decent for, for what you do and, and, and all that stuff. So, um, how many years are you talking of investment of just playing, playing, playing before yeah. you feel like that, that hat, that's 14 and a half, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I mean, a magic number guys, you know, you I mean, I remember just put in your 14 I, and a half. I, I, I remember when I first started out doing a lot of like 
regular like weekly things and those are really helpful to get me comfortable playing in front of people be comfortable you know being up in front of people and um and um and just kind of getting out there getting my name out there and then i started picking up you know you start to the more you play the more gigs you get because it just it just works that way if you don't um, suck if you don't if you don't suck yes um that help that's always <laughs> that's kind helpful of a critical point we should say mark croft is an incredible songwriter and musician but yeah, I mean, uh, what was the question? We were talking about how it took 14 and a half years to build oh, yeah, things like up. Oh yeah, like when did the... I, you know, I I remember so that was like two, oh, you know, 05 um was kind of the year that I that I was able to quit and and that summer really start playing music first album and, and I released my first my first album in in that summer, that would have been uh, May, June of '05, and that's about the time that I that I quit the job. Recorded and, in the legendary Smart Studios, yeah, wasn't that? Yeah, what was it like Smart recording Studios. there? That was really cool. Um, uh, well, um, yeah, well, I'll tell you, it was. It, it I, I feel like the, for the first three, four years, there was a struggle. It was it, it ended up being doing a lot of the same stuff, and you want you kind of want to branch out from stuff, but you've also found a way to kind of make a living. So I I wanted to you know, stick with some of these places and, and there's, you know, and um, maybe an unnamed former restaurant on the West side of Madison that, it, you know, I, I played a lot cause they paid me really well. But if I never had to step foot in, in, a, you know, in that place again, I'd be okay with that. Um, right. So, um, I think I might've seen you there a time or two. Probably, probably. Did. I, if Thank I recall you for that the, the walls were kind of a bird in paradise. There may have blue. been, there may have been, yeah, that's probably what I was thinking when I took this phone call. But your, for the, your for worst the, the Jimmy Buffett themed restaurants. Worst day as a musician, still better than your best day as a temp? You know, um, pro I mean, you know, probably, but I've had some pretty bad days as a musician where like I never left the, the temp job going, I need a drink. Uh, and there's been mm -hmm. there's been some shows over the years where I left and went like oh god alcohol quickly I want <laughs> I want to hear please. those make, make I want to hear stop. at least one at least one right. of those stories. well you gotta you tell us there. about a good day then too do you want me yeah. to tell you about the smart studios thing first we want or? it all okay. in any order you choose well the um so uh you know when you know smart studios obviously here in Madison is kind of legendary it's what you know Butch Vig had had been working on there and, and the band Garbage had. You know, tracked you know a couple of their their hit records there, and then it just had this big name to it. And, uh, Feel like it legitimized you a little bit to be in this space. Yeah, where other it was. Pros one of, it really... was one of those. You know, like oh my god, you know, I'm pretty sure Nirvana did some tracking in there, and they mixed like you know Smashing Pumpkins, Gish, I think, in there. It was just oh, there was all these records that were on the wall. That you're like, oh my god, they did these here. Like that's so cool. And so it absolutely was like in this feeling of like, wow, I'm actually really doing this. And it was a great confidence booster to have. You know, you know. Um, Mike Zirkel, the the head engineer there, who's you know, a such a sweetheart, um, uh, to have him, you know, not not say you suck, you know, to have him like really enjoy what I was doing and the, and the tunes that I brought in. And that first record that I did was literally the first ten songs that I ever wrote and finished. Hmm. So um, yeah, I remember scraping. You know, I was kind of scraping them together at that point, but it was such an exciting opportunity and and um, a great thing for me to be able to do. First record, Midnight yeah. Flood. No. My first record was called um, Sympathetic Groove. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get that sympathetic groove. Yeah. Oh, baby, Let's don't see if we can name some of the songs. Oh, my God. Um, no, the Highway. Not. Yeah, that was Don't It Make You Feel Like Coming Home. Doesn't it? She's a landslide and yeah. I'm on the top of the hill. Yeah. Mm. What else? 
Uh, or from where Mark comes. Yeah, stayed too long. That's how I got to know Andy because I brought that into a uh, songwriter's. Um, yeah. I brought that song "Stayed Too Long" into a songwriter's um, workshop, and Andy loved it so Andy much. Made, Andy made fun of me what? for it. He was like, "You know that part where you sing stayed too long? Like, I, you may just have stayed on that part a little bit too long." <laughs> Whoa! And I and I got Dude. it, and I and me I, I, I could have taken. I was still a pretty sensitive guy about about. You know, but but I, I understood where he was coming from, and I got the joke. And Chris and I, Chris I talked about instantly that. that he was an asshole. That I was. We well, were let the ball busting really begin. Get along. Yeah, let the ball busting begin. I've I've had my balls mashed so many times by this dude since. Uh, Turnabout's fair play. But it's really weird when you say it that way. But man, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, I think I was watching Chris make those cocktails. Anyway, it was. Like Chris described those early days in the songwriters group, it should be said at this point that Chris, Mark, and I met in the Madison songwriters group. I met Mark in a songwriting class. Actually. Oh, a class even prior Before to that. Oh, that's right. You, we go. Group. We go even way back even further. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I took this. So there's that song on the first record called "Don't It Make You Feel Like Coming Home," and that is a song that I wrote after this trip that I took, and I I graduated from 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 college. This would have been 02. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You went to college? I did. I know. I know. Did you graduate? I did graduate from college in a scant six years. Can you name the college? For undergrad. <laughs> I, I went to the University of Wisconsin here in Madison. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did, yeah. Communications, yeah. as I recall? I studied communications, yeah. Com, I was a com, com A. Com hmm. B? Com whatever one. Radio, <laughs> TV, and film is what I, what I studied. It was more like media studies is what I did. Um, and... Uh, so after I graduated, I, I was going to take this road trip and kind of decide about where I was going to move because I was like, I'm not going to stay in Madison for my whole life. And um, I got in the car and I drove to Denver and visited one of my college roommates and I stayed with him for a few days and we skied and did that sort of thing. And the plan was to drive up to Missoula, Montana and see my good friend from, from back in my hometown. And then I was going to drive out to Oregon and um, really... You know, the, the the real destination there was probably like Portland um, just to see if I liked it. And I I'll tell you, I even put a suit in the car. I brought a suit just in case I decided I wanted Whoa. to stay and I had to t- have a job interview or something like I was ready to go, man. You know, and um, so I stayed with my buddy in Denver for a few days. And after a couple of trips up into the mountains, um, I got in the car to leave and I made it about six blocks and the transmission went out. <gasps> And yeah, and I and I remember pulling in this. So I was it was like a we had like a it was like a 90, a 92, you know, Plymouth Voyager minivan. Gross. That, uh, that was leaving Madison. It was Burgundy. This was leaving Denver. Oh, OK. You're going to leave Denver okay. and drive it to Missoula. Beige. And I had to that, point that road trip. Okay. Right. OK. And um, so the transmission went out and I remember like I pulled into a service station and I just kind of asked the guy and they checked it out. And he's like, yeah, the transmission's going. And and I was like, can you do anything? He's like, well, so it was going to cost way more than it needed to be fixed much than got. it was worth, right? <laughs> so I, the, I had the car, um, was able to limp back to my, my buddy's house, and I walked up and knocked on the door, and I'm back. <laughs> so anyways, I ended up, um, I bought a plane ticket, a one-way ticket back home, and I donated the car to like the Ronald McDonald house and flew back with like all my skis and my guitar and all this stuff. And I managed to get a one-way ticket home the day before Thanksgiving from back to Madison. So, like a terrorist, right? Go on. Oh, I wow. went. I had to go through some security, man. Let me tell you. So I came back and was, you know, kind of bummed out about it. I can now yeah. I didn't even have a ride anymore, 
And, and um, you were thinking you were maybe going to hit the yeah. West Coast. I'm sorry, your long right. ride at this stage in your life was a Plymouth minivan? Or a what yeah, kind of? that's what I had. It was my parents, <laughs> my parents' mini minivan, which I will tell you. Well, not creepy at all. Yeah, a little bit of a stalker van. But I, it was I, I, the, the car I owned before that was a 1977 Pontiac Le Mans. It was just this big baby blue. It was baby blue with the with the with the white vinyl bench seat in the front. AM radio, one speaker. It was a piece of work. So, so many AM radio, AM radio, one speaker. Yeah. So, anyways, so I flew home, and that was in November. So November, December, I was I was staying with my parents because at this point I still didn't you know I I didn't have a job because I hadn't found anything. It was now was like the holidays. That um. I got to ask questions like this. Okay. And then it'll never come up again. So you leave college, you have a, what'd you say, a com A degree? Yeah, a communications degree. What kind of a job do you think you're getting when you leave? What do you, what do you think you're going to do? <laughs> Temp in an insurance company? <laughs> That's not what you thought you were going to do <laughs> Six when years. you started. I mean, what did you... You'd written some this songs is a, by then. So this were, is from a place of... Already begun. You, you, you guys, this you is a place have, of pure ignorance. I have no fucking idea what... Yeah. You do with uh, the short answer. What is, did you think when you the were short? What, the short answer is, yeah, I, I kind of thought that if I enjoyed it, um, that I would potentially go back and do kind of a, um, more of a media studies hmm. degree would be something that I would have specialized in because I, I actually really enjoyed doing the whole media studies thing and like, actually like writing the essays about like. You know the cultural blah blah, but but media studies was something I really enjoyed. I wasn't going to be a filmmaker. I knew I didn't want to go into radio, and uh-huh. um, you know I've got a I've so that wasn't what I wanted. Since to Since you've left there though, do. in your music, I've got to say like you've worked with filmmakers, making music videos. Yeah, I've actually you've, you've done all sorts of graphic design uh, and media design and things. So it's not like yeah that didn't prepare you it did in a way it did I've, I've actually now that you mentioned i have i have done all of those things now which and is pretty cool and i've i've done some cool. scoring for films and, and little and that's voiceover. why i asked is yeah we're all doing exactly what we thought we would when we were 22 sure right and it <laughs> worked much. out it just worked out <laughs> yeah no that's why i ask i of course, so it didn't really have a plan with the the communications major and then like headed west yeah, what was gonna happen? Well, and it was the universe sent you back. The universe sent me back, and it was a funny thing. The night before I I was gonna leave Denver, I, there was this voice in my head that literally kind of spoke to me in the middle of the night that said, "Like you're you're not going to the West Coast. That's you're not crazy. gonna make it." And so I flew home, and within a couple of months, I I was staying with my folks at the time because I was one of the I was an early millennial who moved back in with their parents. <laughs> nice. And so my mom found this thing through the UW and it was a songwriting class. She Dude, said, what's your you mom's should name? take this Rosemary. Rose. She's wonderful. Rose. She's, she's beautiful. They're Pat beautiful. Rose are like, great. That's right. Home. No, it was one. I mean, you know, Scale my mom is, my mom is the kind of person who would, the kind of mother who would be like, you can live with us forever. Oh, dude. <laughs> I never have yeah. To. yeah. So my mom gave me this, the thing that's there's a songwriting class that they're offering through the, the extension and i took that class and what a sweetheart i met in, when i took that class i she met knows her boy the guy she totally knows her the boy. guy who the guy who taught the class eric um ended up uh being a mentor to me and a co-song songwriter and he was my manager for a few years i met miss chris adams in that mm-hmm. um in that class and i met um kelsey um who Ooh, ended Boyd. up Kelsey ended up um, producing and funding my my first record, and her husband Bob is still my drummer. Fifteen years later, mm-hmm. wow! So I made these unbelievable connections. It was kind of the universe, like if I bringing me back and saying like you're going to meet yeah. these people and and, and they're really put you in the right you place. Put yeah. you in the right place. Yeah. Uh, but part of that too is just 
you know, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to to stroke the guest, but being a <laughs> being a talented guy. Okay. Being a talented guy succeeding. and coming into a room where where people were eager to, you know, be involved in yeah. producing good work and you were presenting it. Well, you that, know, that was a cool thing. I, I, I had written probably like I'd finished maybe one song in my life at that point, And I brought it and I played it that first. It was so nervous. I hadn't played in I hadn't played open mics. I mean, I'd literally been playing for like my mom. Angela? Or that what was, was the No, joke. I can't even remember. I can't even I remember, remember the name of the song. Eric was like, um, do you know how fucking good you are? And Mark's like. My mom thinks I'm good. <laughs> You've been talking to Rosemary. Well, I remember, I remember them say, like him saying, "Like, well, she must be playing out a lot." And I was like, "It's the first time I've ever played a song for anybody that's not my mom." Wow. So that was really like that was the that was you know when you're when you're taking a chance on doing art, or and being creative in a way that you're going to start presenting to people. That's exactly the kind of feedback that you need. These people going like, please, like mm-hmm. you're, please do this. You're really great. And you know, I played the I played the piano as a kid, and I, I I was really a guitar player. I'd only kind of started singing at that point, so oh really? I was That's really green as a singer, but um, it, that was exactly the kind of encouragement I I needed. And and yeah. I, sometimes I wish if <laughs> I just cool. if I just hadn't met those people, oh, I could have cool. just gotten get some positive feedback. Yeah, I could have gotten a real job mm-hmm. and just had a nice steady income at this point. In my life. I like that. I mean, I've talked to Pat and Rose over the years at Fourth of July barbecues and whatnot. Oh man! And they're lovely. They are the loveliest people of all times. Uh, but what struck me once was when I was talking to Pat was how neither of them, I don't think, you would say are poets or musicians in their own right necessarily and they and his brother isn't neither is his sister necessarily and mark was a little bit of like this mutation i could there was a sense (laughs) of that's a nice way to put it there was a it's not the first time but there was a no there was this really sweet sense of wonder that pat had i remember describing watching mark and 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 his talent develop where he was like he'd come home at the end of the day like after a grueling football practice and a whole day at school or whatever, and just play the piano for hours. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I just uh-huh. remember thinking, like, dude, where where is this coming from? How is huh. this happening in my house? Mm. But it was wonderful. Yeah. You could tell he loved it. But it was not the kind of situation we've talked about. All of our backgrounds, where you know, I had aunts and uncles like Harmony Andy Go, you know, yeah. and uh, it was a musical. But yeah. sounds like you just kind of. You you needed to do it. Thank God they had a piano in the yeah, house. Yeah, I didn't have. I well, you know, we had a we had an old player piano that my mom. I remember when I was little. My mom was taking piano lessons. She was kind of getting back into it. I remember going to those lessons with her and like hearing her playing. Like you can do that. And like that's kind of amazing. And I would just sit down and plunk on it. And I would ask. I was asking my mom to like teach me how to play this song. And she was finally like, "Well, we just need to get you lessons." And I think it was in third grade I started taking piano lessons. And I pretty much took them all the way through high school, which. Um, which was great for me. I was I was I was way more of a piano player still when I was starting to play music full time than I really was a guitar player. But, um, you know that was that was the like I I needed a, a, an outlet like that. I, I just felt like that was what gave me some sense of, you know, um, creative creative outlet and and some sense of peace. And I just really found, you know, music just ended up being that for me. So I don't know I don't know where it comes from because yeah, there's not a lot of people in my family that are musicians my, my brother played the guitar and was in like a band in high school too so i had those influences and i got to see you know my next door neighbor was a pretty accomplished guitarist and Did your um, brother have a sweet tape collection my brother had a pretty good tape collection you know i he, like i 
value my older brother for a lot of a lot of reasons but some of them were just because you know there was a lot of music that i wouldn't have been introduced to otherwise like you know queen and led zeppelin and and Jimi hendrix and all that all that mm. stuff and and you know i probably wasn't listening to smashing pumpkins until my brother listened to it and and, and red hot chili peppers came out you know in that summer like i i stopped buying the vanilla ice records mm. and i started buying like pearl jam 10 and like that was when i started finding that that stuff so Starting um, to become a little bit discriminating. Yep. Just yeah. Consuming whatever. So you're pop like class radio. of '91, yeah. from high school. Yeah. 96? No, I was class of '90. Class of '96. Yeah. Oh my. Ooh. Yeah. My. This is seventh, eighth grade. What was your first concert? So, oh, my very my first concert. Um, I'm not even sure I know. I uh, so boy, I don't. This is embarrassing. I don't think I know. I think I think probably. Garth Brooks. The one, the earliest one that I can remember was probably into college freshman year of going to see like the Dave Matthews Band at the mm. at the oh. Coliseum or something like that mm. was probably was probably one of my earliest ones. But I think maybe before that I saw like the the the, the current um, incarnation of the band War. Oh, at the oh, Waterloo my. at Waterloo River Fest or Watertown River Fest, what whatever is it is. Good for absolutely nothing, uh, and it was <laughs> it was pretty war. cool. I was like, all right, let's. So I, that's probably the first like legit concert that I went to. Okay. Was that as war as with Pat and Rose? No, I went with some high school high school <laughs> friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that was probably. I was at the point in high school where I mean I was a pretty straight laced kid when I was in high school. Um, I didn't really player, drink and party. Yeah, I mean, I was a I, I was a jock and I played football and I was like captain of the basketball team. And what? We, I, yeah, I didn't we were know like that. went to state in football and I was all conference and all that stuff. That oh was my I was God. a jock. But I kind of secretly, like a lot of people didn't know that I was like I played the piano and I was still taking lessons all the way through high school. And why was it a secret? It wasn't that I was like hiding it. It was just like, well, it's not the coolest thing ever, and I just didn't really talk about it. Hmm. It was maybe like senior year. So in my senior year of high school, a lot of people, nobody knew that I really played, and I signed up for the talent contest. I started playing, and like some friends of mine had a little band in high school, and I started playing piano in that. And we signed up as the band to play in the high school talent contest, and I signed up on my own to play a song. No way. And I Sister played Van Christian Halen. By Nate I played "Right Now" by Van Halen. <laughs> no, which nice. was a pretty, it was a pretty hot thing, and I ended yeah. up winning yeah. the talent contest right. and. I caught. I was my the, my bandmates did not. We did not win as the band. Oh, and uh, so they were not all that happy with me. I remember going. And you went solo on your band. I did. The, I did. It was kind of a dick move. Now looking yeah. looking back, and uh, in, in you didn't split the proceeds either. What were the fabulous prizes? I don't. I think there was not a prize. I got to know what the band. It was like the coming out. Guys? It was like a coming out party for Mark and the and playing the piano because my football coach like came up to was like, Croft. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> You know, they just did. People just said no. It's like, yeah, it's cool, man. I just, you know, I don't flaunt it. I'm surprised you didn't, because chicks dig musicians. Like everyone knows. Yeah. Or were you thinking maybe I if didn't I played really the guitar, not as much as jocks. Context, uh, yeah. It, uh, chicks dig musicians place. way more than jocks. Are you yeah. trying to tell me what women are into? <laughs> no, we're talking <laughs> yeah, about high, high school, school music. High, high school, school women. Oftentimes, high school music is like show choir. No, dude. Or football. What song did football, the band play? F- f- Jocks are way sexier than jazz hands. Uh, We're talking the the kind of sexy musician you're talking about doesn't always exist in high school in a lot of rural places and schools. Like Hendrix isn't waltzing through, you know, the Columbus High School humping the amplifier. It's not that kind of sexual energy. <laughs> and it's more like Billy Joel as like a All teenager. Right, let's not start disparaging <laughs> Billy Joel, okay? 
Billy that's Joel not the is, point I was trying to make. Super foxy. But no, there just wasn't like I think I Mark comes from a little you know a small little larger place than I come from. It's got a fascinating tie to the great explorer Christopher Columbus, which we can or cannot get into depending on. <laughs> Please uh, don't. I mean, God. I know you're passionate about it uh, with the museum. We can there. we can skip that. Okay, we'll skip it. <laughs> but it was still rural enough. Unless we're gonna solve, you know, genocide tonight. Rural enough that it was a secret for. Three years or however long. Just yeah. not celebrated. Not a big part of that culture. Not, you know, the kind of thing like, oh, you're a poet? Awesome. Let, lay it on uh, me at the coffee shop right. downtown yeah, I mean, a I reading or a... You make collages? Little, yes. little town. Super sweet, prom king. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, you're sensitive? How are you feeling? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. That yeah. didn't happen so much. Um, yeah. I mean, I just grew up in this little town, Columbus. And um, you know, it's like 4,000 people. I think there's 5,000 people there now. Um, hasn't changed much in it. I mean, it's a small town, and I, I I I like growing up there. It was cool, and I I lived there a little bit, you know, after after college, and I'm cool not living there now. Um, but um, it was just that nice like community that that's you know, once you get out of there, you realize oh, there's a much bigger world here, and there's a lot more to do. Um, like South America. Yeah, I mean, and then stuff like that. Can you man? tell us that story? Yeah, wait, I want to answer Dan's question first. I still yeah, want to know yeah, what the yeah. band played before you knifed and won the I, Did you win? I, I missed it. I mean, you're going to like this because we actually ended up playing, we actually played a song that I wrote oh. in college. It was called, I think it was called Spite. And I can't Whoa. remember. Dust uh, that one off. I just remember that the, the tagline was This Time the Joke's on You or something mm. like that. Nice. Yeah, nice. And um, Andy from the kitchen. She's a landslide and, um, <laughs> and I'm on the top of the hill. Yeah, this you time think the jokes on you. I've had girl. Could you cry it. in the other room because I'm trying to get some yeah, motherfucking sleep I tonight? Never, like, <laughs> I never like. just think I would. I didn't like them. I love women. I think they're okay. wonderful. One of my favorite songs. But, um, um, so maybe your songs. Don't there's love just them. I don't know. I think those sometimes those stories are a little bit more compelling. But but so anyways, <laughs> so we played a song that I wrote, and we when we covered Pink Floyd's "Comfortably Numb." <gasps> Excellent. We've yeah. Nice. We played yeah. yeah. We played that at yeah. Stuff. So that right. was that was really works fun. every time. That was really it was really comfortably fun. dumb and yeah. chilly fest. I was yeah. super into I was super into Pink Floyd at the time. I was you eat yourself into cool. a cold. I was really I was really digging that stuff. So it was it was cool. So yeah, that's the song we played. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. You can be a song, I can be a few But between us both, oh, we can barely make two We've made the best of the shadows that trail From the tips of our tongues to the end of our tails And Bring it down here. The highway can make it all clear. The highway can show you to the bone. Or the highway can bring you on home. So I'm not sure if we've ever talked about it on the pod, but I know we talk about it in our darkest hour of, of like, why are we doing a podcast? And there is why no do anything. Why do anything? 
on the face of it, something we've talked about, you know, there's no barrier to entry, quote unquote. But then as we got into this and we practiced a little bit, we're like, eh, it's a little bit more than just microphones and a laptop, like a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah. Um, and at some point, we just made the leap and said, ah, fuck it, we're doing this. And however it turns out, and the only way to do it is to just keep doing it. The only way to find out what happens, to find out if we can succeed at this. Is to do it. That's got to be true of the music thing, too. At some yeah. point, you're an intern yeah. looking to looking for a window that's loose that you can jump out of. Right. Or you say, fuck it, I'm doing something else. Yeah. And See if someone other than my mom is digging this shit. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, and I'm gonna have to answer questions like, "Well, how are you gonna make money?" and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and you're just gonna have to like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, yeah. we got it. Yeah, you know, I mean, going into it, being kind of green and naive about like the music business, and realizing late on that like, oh, this is business. Mm-hmm. And the whole like, oh, I like writing songs part, and I like singing. It's, you know, like, yeah, that's great. At the end of the day, like, music business is business, and there's a, you know. I haven't had a tremendous amount of experience with like that top with the top level business. I've, I've had none there, but you know, you, you, you realize, um, you know, I'm, I, um, uh, never really had a record deal. I'm always really just been mostly independent, but you know, came real close to, um, you know, deal with, with, with Warner brothers that I ended up passing on. What? Um, yeah. And, Talk more um, about that. Well, um, why'd you pass? Uh, it was, it, 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 the deal that was, I guess, being talked about, um, ended up being far different than the deal that was offered. Mm. And the deal that was offered felt like a don't take this deal deal. Um, and, um, Sign your rights it, to it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creative well, it was like, rights. oh, you know, like instead of six figures, it was like, here's the lowest oh. five figure deal we could possibly offer you. And it, and it ended up being a, a don't take this deal deal, and that the guy that was the main A and R guy that was what we were talking to, um, he was leaving. Uh, and if and if I had signed, if I had signed so with him, it. I would have been dropped immediately because all the artists that he was representing were going to get. Oh, if, so when was this? Were, unless they were established, this yeah. would have been this would have been oh eight oh nine in there. On the, of, s- on the heels of, on the heels of, you know, I'd done, I'd done the first record, and um, and we went back in and did a five song EP, uh, Permanent Ink, mm. um, and it was the title track, Permanent Ink, that was kind of the single off of there, mm-hmm, um, that got me some, um, some, you know, it was getting some interest, and I was getting a lot of buzz around town and and, and that sort of thing, and Madison music scene was kind of on the ups, on the upswing during that that point, and kind of starting to get some um, attention from, you know. Uh, the music business of uh, you know some people from it and some A&R people come out and see me and, and it was a really exciting time and um, you know in the end it just it, the, he went to a different label and they assigned a guy from he assigned a different A&R guy from that label to like work out a deal with me and that guy wasn't interested in me and it's just one of those things of like well it was heartbreaking at the time and I didn't but I also, I guess maybe it wasn't as heartbreaking. It was just disappointing. And yeah. not like, oh, well, these opportunities come up all the time. And you, know, you realize they don't. I still think I made, I'm not sure if it was a bad decision. I, I, at the time, it certainly felt like the right decision. I've never really double uh, second guessed it. Um, it sounds like the only decision if the guy was leaving. Yeah. And, um, there wasn't much to be done. And, still and the it promise was just of a, that must have been so great. Geez. That like seeing it 
vanish. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. I would say within a year of that kind of happening and kind of the realization of like, oh, like I'm just back at it now, mm-hmm. and this is just the grind because you're doing the grind at first because you're like reaching for something right you're mm-hmm. really reaching and reaching and reaching you're hoping something's gonna break that you're means gonna, to an end you're gonna get some deal that mm-hmm. like something will pop for you something will break mm-hmm. for you and you'll get that up op- there's opportunities to open yeah. up those doors to open and when it didn't you know it was difficult it, it, and it was it was it was frustrating and depressing and and, and hard not to take personally too yeah, like how much not, of this is a reflection yeah. of the quality of my work and how much of it is just you know, yeah. people not. I was still, I still right felt, you know, I still felt good about kind of what I was doing at the time, and um, and I think the harder thing was like, it was like, it would have maybe been equivalent to like when I was first starting to play music and making some money at it. To if like if I had quit doing that and gone back to the temp job, it was it felt like that, like mm. this thing that I've been trying to reach for and going for that is like is the end all and the reason why I'm doing this in the end it when that kind of fell apart or didn't happen it was it felt like um oh no I just I'm still playing music full time and now I have to go play all these gigs that are just be, I'm just I trying to make this? money mm. and 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 I apparently kept doing that for the next 13 years <laughs> because I'm <laughs> still doing are. that now well how you much know, of it then, too is just like you had developed a specialized skill set. Yeah. This is your craft. You'd invested a lot in your craft, so like, you know. It's hey, cool. I, right. I made I made I made a couple of records, and I owed people money for ah. making those records because those records don't get made for free. It's business after and all, right? It's business after all. So I mean, I had to keep going and playing, and um, I I enjoyed playing, and there was still you know doors were opening for me, even if they were just like locally and regionally, and you know stuff was happening. And once you realize like. Oh yeah, I can like play two gigs this week and make enough money to really not have to go. I'm still making more than I was making as a temp, and mm. and I can like have my Mondays free and you know my week kind of free and play on Friday and Saturday nights and make enough. Like that's okay. We talk about this with sports sometimes. I, how you're leading right? I was about to make go, go at ahead. least a dozen sports analogies. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Say what you're gonna say. Just how the ball doesn't always bounce your way, right? And how. You think you're going on one trajectory and something happens totally beyond your control and suddenly you're on a different trajectory. Yeah. yeah. With sports, it's like um, some things are just out of your control. Well, I was going to ask you, uh, if, if I may project. Project. If uh, <laughs> at some, there had to be during that time when that was in play, yeah. this, this deal yeah. with whatever record company, there had to be a voice saying like, geez, maybe you take this shit on the end of a stick deal because it is with the big team. It's with the big club. I can be, if I could make a Kurt Warner analogy, like you were starting for the Iowa Barnstormers right? and you were super successful and putting up huge numbers. Yeah. And do you eat it to play for, to go to the NFL? I, I, I still think I found out enough. And it's a huge risk. Yeah. And, and his gut was you know, probably saying something uh, different. When it came to that, when it came to that decision, it didn't honestly at the time it didn't feel like it was much of a decision. And and it, we, I made the right decision to say no to that deal because it turned out that we our suspicions were correct. Did you have to? Right. Did you I, have to consult like an entertainment lawyer to get through this I to get a perspective had, on it? I had and a, even know manager, what. Yeah. I had a manager at the time, and and he was really savvy, great yeah. about 
you know, getting me and getting these people to come out and see me. And, and he was really working and negotiating mm -hmm. this deal on my behalf. And, and he gave me the advice and I still think the advice was, was right. And, you know, we heard from that A&R guy within a week and it confirmed what we thought that, 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 you know, he was leaving and he was going somewhere else. And the, it was a don't take this deal deal because it's not going to be good. And I just can't say it now because I haven't said it to anybody yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> and it just worked out that, you know, where he went, they weren't interested there. And it's not, honestly, it's not something that I spend a lot of time thinking about or, or, or harped on or really, I, and it's kind of weird because you'd think like, I guess in my brain, it, like, it, like you just passing this big opportunity, but that wasn't the feeling that I had. And I, and I still don't, mm. um, it's you know, and, and probably it was a right healthy the, perspective not to dwell on the yeah. thing that almost Attaboy. happened, but didn't. I mean, well, and I, yes, that's true. And I also think that like, more, the more I learn about the, this business and what happens with artists when they get going and, and, and you're trying to make a run at it, there's a lot of different ways to A, make money. There's a lot of different ways to uh, B, like get your name out there. The, the internet was really exploding. You had social media starting around. I mean, like MySpace page was going on around that time. We <laughs> were getting this started. Like, what is this? And so it be, it started to get up to you be were the first wave. a lot you were part easier. Of that first wave of, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we you know like oh four oh five oh six probably in oh seven was like oh MySpace page and I was like what's that? So you know I I was I was in that kind of the you know still doing this thing and still and still playing and even though that maybe that big home run of like have a major label pick you up and and do something for you. Um, I also realized like sometimes the best thing to do is to like, if you get that record deal, spend the two years that you're contractually obligated to do that one record and just collect as many email addresses and fans as you mm. can. Mm. And then if you can take that back and keep control of your contacts with those people mm -hmm. that you've, that you've made fans of, you can really take that and do something with it on your yeah. own. And, and, and I think that's more, especially now, like looking 15 you know, 12, 15 years later, it's it's even more of that sort of thing because now bands and artists are getting signed off of YouTube because they got, mm. you know, like we, we don't sign you based on how many CDs you've sold because mm -hmm. you buy CDs or how many likes getting, your like, video, how many streams am I getting? Um, how many likes in your video? Like those are the people that are getting discovered and getting found. And that's kind of the mechanism now. I, it seems like for a lot of artists to, to, to kind of get broken to into the think that we, when we started, our likes were us sitting across the table from each other. JT Whitney's going, a good Thumbs song. Up. Good one, dude. Yeah. I dig it, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That is so fascinating yeah. because it does feel like back 20 years ago, the idea was to get signed by a big label. Right, right. But then you'd hear stories about artists having a horrible experience. Yeah, getting terribly screwed. Yeah. And owing Living and the dream, getting done and owing all yeah. this money yeah. to the labels. And like, I still hear this, those stories about, you know, oh, we have the label threw us a party. And there's this big party to, to celebrate. And they're like, Oh, it turned out we had we were paying for the party and like all the champagne and uh, whatever else no. that was drank like that was all the bill that Jeez. we were footing. Right. And they're and that's what they do. And the horrible like, you know, these, you know, that was back when they would probably just be take, really just exploitation, yeah. different yeah. forms of exploitation. using your desire to make it yeah. quote, against. Oh, you absolutely. Fucking absolutely. Way. I mean, they were the gatekeep. They're the gatekeepers. You know, I mean, they're the people who are going to get you in the business and get yeah. you 
you know. Is there and any what are you benefit? Gonna say? Like, you're not going to no, say no. I mean, you're going to, yeah, I mean, right. but that's the, and then they'd come back from some tour and think that you were, had, were doing really well and you were getting dropped. It sounds like the same amount of work on your end with just a label attached to it. I'm like, what's the difference between being signed now, yeah. being signed to a big label? You still have to tour. You still have to make sure. the connection, the personal sure. connections with people. You know, you got people working on your behalf, which is which is nice. You've got some methods of, of, of people marketing for you. You know, that there's skills that you don't have outside of being an artist up to like self-promotion and all this stuff. If you don't have those skills, they'll hire people to get those, to do those skills for you. There's all the connections that they have. They can put you on the road opening for acts to get your name opening, out there with big acts. I imagine and, would be beneficial. Yeah. I mean, those are big, and those are still great ways yeah. to get your name out there and be able to play. And like, it's cred to have like, Oh, we open for blah, blah, blah for the summer. You know, like those are great things. Mm -hmm. Um, but now the deals that they're signing are like these like 360 deals where like, you know, you're giving them a cut of of your streaming and your merch and your, oh. you know, your you know, like the T-shirt sales used to be the way that, you know, uh, um, the band would make some money on the side after yeah. they play these big shows and they'd sell a bunch of T-shirts. And then they but now that's like they take a cut of that. They take the labels are taking a cut of all your live performance that you know, they're just taking really? a cut of everything. Hmm. And and because it's because they're getting less from their album sales and streaming because, services because, because streaming streaming has destroyed the value of music in any sort of monetary fashion. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's just not um, for uh, independent artists. It's like a little, kind of a depressing time because like you don't you you just eventually you go like why am I making this record if I can't make this record for you know, 500 bucks, I'm never going to make the money back on this. Ah, because you can't sell CDs. Because you can't sell CDs. Yeah. And you, this, like, streaming, the, the royalties you get from streaming is just, like, insulting. Six cents or something but per song. If it was or... six cents, I'd be so happy. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like 0 .01. What? No, yeah. What, on iTunes or Spotify? Yeah, it's like or... fraction. Sometimes fractions of a penny when I see those oh royalty my God, things. Dude. You just... You know, and then and then the biggest thing on top is like the one person that downloaded the album off of iTunes and still like God bless them paid for it. Ten bucks, nine ninety nine. Yeah, probably. and then but Apple takes Apple takes thirty percent, or maybe close to forty percent of whatever you'd sell on, on on iTunes. So sorry, iTunes. So it's still just it's not even now it's just Apple Music or whatever it is. It's not even iTunes anymore. Oh. It's just person to person showing up and playing shows. The best money I make yeah. comes from. Me, like, yeah, I've got CDs of the show, and thank you if you still own a CD player and you want to buy it and you want to physically own something. Yeah. You know, I can sell them, uh, this, my CDs for a buck a track, and, and there's people, still people that want to buy them, and, and that's cool, but largely people are just streaming. I get it. I, Mark, I would too. And Can you tell us about the yeah. peanut butter pretzel container at this point as well? And just like how that... I, this eating <laughs> that jar I'm lost. of peanut butter... Stay tuned. <laughs> peanut butter filled pretzels was one of the best. I have this. I have this. That's my tip jar. Oh, and this old okay. jar of plastic jar of, of uh, that was I used to have peanut butter pretzels in it. And I mm. put I made a little sign and taped it on it that said tips appreciated. Thank you. And that suckers made me more money. It makes me more money than I, you know, you're kidding. Then I, then I streaming. Forget it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I. You know, I've had huh. I've had a song that I co-wrote with somebody who uses bumper music on The Voice. Mm. And I've had things placed in TV shows. I still make way more money off a tip jar you than are ever do. You are kidding me. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Thousands of dollars a year. Sorry, IRS. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Cover for that. It was, oh, they're coming for me now. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, 
that is that that's the way that people really say now like oh we really dig you i mean that's what i see i mean because people go like yeah cds that's quaint um, here's 20 bucks for your in tip jar i'm like well, why don't you take a cd ah really? i still can't play sure and I just say, like, I'll tell people, like, if you're going to throw five bucks or more in the tip jar, please take please take a CD. If uh, you don't want to listen to it, give it to somebody. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, now you have a, if you have a CD, physical, like, physical music to sell, and really, honestly, even recorded music, that stuff is be more like advertising now hmm. than it is the actual, like, the product, product that you're selling. It's like... I do that so I can get people to come and see me play because that's where I actually make some money. I know this is terribly wow. impractical, but with the resurgence of vinyl, have you ever had any of your albums pressed to vinyl? I haven't. I thought about it for this last um, for the last record that I did. I put something out in like end of May in 2019. I did another five song EP, and I thought about it. I looked into it, but it's still pretty pricey, you know. And and you 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 ask yourself like, oh, is this going to be, be worth the there's a minimum you gotta you gotta pay to get that pressed up and like you didn't even come with a label on it, it was just literally a blank vinyl i was like i kind of passed on it it's so. got to cost sure, more than making sure. a cd i mean yeah it probably does sure. i mean what's your m- most recent ep ne- named uh so i did a i did a, a, a self-produced and largely self-recorded uh ep in in 2019 called uh, southbound walking northward um and uh yeah i mean that was um that was a really cool project. I ended up, it was the first time that I did a record where I was just like, okay, I'm going to record this all in my basement. And that's what I did. I mo- recorded most of it in the basement. We did, we tracked drums and bass in the studio. And, but then the rest of it, I took home and just did it all myself and produced it myself. And it's me playing, you know, most of the instruments on most of the tracks. Really? Yeah. Did the yeah. cover art. All of that. Stuff. I, I did the I did the cover art. You did? I did the design for everything. Dude. I'm not gonna pay people to do that. I know, but I didn't know Dear you had God, that talent. I don't have the money for that. That's yeah, yeah. Cool. So Necessity's I I actually money. designed the album cover. Ever uh, I did uh, I did largely design did the cover art for Permanent Ink, and I did the cover art for my next EP, The Possibility of Disaster. I designed, did all the artwork for that, and. Um, uh, and then I did all the artwork for a live album that I released in 2013, and I did I all. Was bitching, I was bitching. I was there. So yeah, yeah. Is there oh. a temptation not to release music on Spotify and and things since? Oh yeah. Since as just like a screw you any money screw you I'm not gonna yeah it's it's like if you want to see me if you want to hear my music you come see me play yeah or like there is a part of me that just goes like yeah like. Oh, screw you for this. What's the point? Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, like you do want, but then I also hear people that come up like and see me. I I tell you this story. There's this strangest thing. Like three weeks ago, I was like it's the winter in Wisconsin, and you know there's not a lot going on. I I and I so I play like these ski resorts. Yes, you can ski in Wisconsin, <laughs> and I play this. I play a couple of ski resorts. You know, and there was this guy came up to me after I finished a set at, at, up in Wausau, and he was like. I can't believe you're here. And he was so excited. And I looked at him and I was like, in a much less excited way, saying, yeah, I can't believe I'm here either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. He was like, we 
were listening to your CD. Or we, I can't remember if he was listening to the CD, but like we were listening to your live album on the way up here from Chicago. And it's incredible. And I love it. And I can't believe that you're here. And why are you here? Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was one of those things like I'd never met the guy. He caught it on Spotify? Is that what you're saying? Like it was through a streaming service that he heard that I album? I can't or? remember. I think, he, I think I was playing at a, at a festival or something that a friend of his was also playing at. And he saw me in the lineup and he checked out my music and he really liked it and uh. he'd been listening. Yeah. And okay. like that's that's amazing, and, and it ended up being a great a great thing. And he told me I can't repeat the story. I'm sorry, but he, his name is his name. He had a license plate R Kelly, and he lived down the road from R Kelly, uh. and and all this stuff was happening really badly with R Kelly at the time. And he had this license plate. It was a great story, which I cannot tell you. But um, so um. Uh, yeah, like so. So things like that happen, and 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 they happen occasionally. Like, you know, it's nice to get recognized, and people hear you. And you're like, oh yeah, you know, you know who I am, and yeah. you heard my shit. And I like, mean, like, I always try to be cool, you, you know. Like, but you we're in this huge crowd at Summerfest, and somebody's like, hey, you're, and I was like, yeah, and, <laughs> I, and then like, oh, we were there with friends, and I got to be like, this happens all the time. It's so <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> Which of course, you know, Sorry, of guys. course it doesn't. Let me, get my Sorry, guys. Yeah, just, let me just get these guys out of here, out of my hair quick. And now, I mean, it's not, it's it's always really cool when that happens. And and I like I'm pretty realistic about like, you know, what I do. I'm 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 a local guy for the most part. And I do a little traveling here and there and I'm known around other places. But really, you know, I'm Madison's home and 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 people know who I am here, and that's a nice thing. It's it's I'm I guess if I'm a if I'm a slightly bigger fish in a little in a slightly smaller pond, yes, like miss. I'm kind of okay with that. And um and uh, it's just cool when those things happen. And you know, you make music, you play music, and and sometimes you there's plenty of nights I get in the car and I'm like, oh god, why am I still doing this? You but, totally you know, have there's groupies. people that like there's 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 times where like mm -hmm. people really, you know, appreciate what you're doing and. You, you don't realize like how many people have heard you and listened to you that just have never you've never met and never come and seen the show. But they're out there and I hear from them. And that's a really cool thing to feel like even if it's on some small level, like I am providing if there's an escape or a bit of an entertainment or, or whatever it is that the music that I create gives Connection, them. Yeah. Then I then that's fantastic. I And I and now that I'm an older now that I'm older not than old. I was when I started just older. I'm older now. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm that, I don't need that whole like music, big uh, success thing. I don't need it. I would still take it if somebody knocked on my door and said, <laughs> Hey bro, guess what? The boss called. <laughs> that's how those proposals. And he says, start. that's right. That's how hey, I always bro. happen. Knock, bro, knock. So. It's the boss. <laughs> Bruce wants you to, to open for him this summer. I'd be like, fuck yeah, bro. Let's go. Let's do this, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but up in the top. meantime, but in the meantime, up top, up high, up Maybe high, next time. so um, you know, um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's cool, and I, and I, you know, 15 years of doing this, and and like, you know, it took me probably longer than most people would, but I, I just bought a house, and like, I did all of that through playing music, which is pretty fucking cool, yeah, and and it, like, I'm at this point now where like things are rolling to the point where I'm having to like designate nights that I'm going to take off. Like I'm not going to go and play that night. No matter who calls or offers me a gig, mm. I've got to set it aside. Cause it's my kid's birthday. Cause I'm doing a podcast. Cause tonight. I'm doing a podcast and it's Monday night too. Nobody <laughs> very, offers me gigs important. on Monday night, 
but um you know to to be able to to like to be busy enough mm-hmm. that I I have to I have to set aside time to have it take to take off. That's that's a good like who That's massive. That's that's busy I, enough I, is another way of saying yeah. in demand. In demand. Yeah, I mean that's it's super flattering and that's really it's really nice and people places want to have me back. That's always a good sign. So um, I got a lot of things to be grateful for in, in, in what I do and and and, to, and can be happy about and just like doing my taxes this year and go like, yeah, pretty good year, Marco. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take those write offs, too. But, you know, that was not bad. So I've seen I've seen people who um, attend your shows regularly and are, I would say, groupies a little bit. They are big fans. Yeah. Very moved by seeing you play live and it's extremely cool yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know there's 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 a lot of um there's not always a lot of like immediate reward that you get in this and certainly like you know money comes in a lot slower than it would if i was you know doing this on a bigger level but that sort of thing is just really cool that that that, that happens and there's people that really like enjoy your art to the point where they not only a want to come and see you but actually want to say something to you i'm i think i mean that, that's that's a really cool thing you and are very gracious by talking you talk to people after your show and yeah i've had to wait in line to talk to you you'll always have to wait in line he's, to say, <laughs> he's just he's just ignored me completely and right. just walked out yeah. with that and i'm just still standing there like hey mark you guys want to have breakfast sometime later Is Is somebody talking maybe later? do you guys hear something <laughs> sorry so, so. but my yeah uh, yeah i'm very i'm very important can't be troubled with mere peasants, Andy. That's not what I was gonna ask you though. I was mm. gonna, I was gonna say something about how, like, when we when we first met each other, we were so enthralled with the craft and just the doing of the thing. Yeah. And we were so, you know, uh, Chris described it in a previous podcast as baby birds in a nest a little bit, you tweet, know. Tweet. And, and we needed. Baby birds. There was a vulnerability of just like ah, I'm putting this out there. I hope. I hope it's received okay and and uh, but you know it got to the point with you once you got into like sort of a, a routine and there was a there was a grind aspect yeah. to it like playing the casino in Illinois or somewhere uh, wherever that was yeah. so just hell gigs and whatever that you've had to casino, you've had to grind out and that you've had to do and I sounds as bad as it is I've seen <laughs> no you clocks. I've seen you look at me like sometimes and be like. God, it's just a matter of finding time away from, you know, all of these other things that I have to do to get back into that writing space yeah. mm. and reconnect with like what it was that yeah. made it kind of magical. Right. And like when, uh, you know, how do you keep that alive a little bit when you're having? Yeah, done? it's hard. It's really tough, yeah. um, you know, because you do like if you're playing, you know, when I play gigs, I'm I'm. It, it's rare that it's not a three or four hour gig. And that's a long time. You're playing. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, you people know, who work yeah. regular jobs in here three, they four hours, they don't realize not that. impressed. Like that that's, there's, there's energy a, wise yeah, different. it's a, that's a long time to be sitting up in front of people, entertaining them and trying to be like, quote unquote on, mm-hmm. on top of that, like, you know, the singing is, is hard on your voice. It's like, if you talked for four hours straight, you'd be like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now try like projecting your voice and, mm-hmm. and, and, and speaking in key. And being, and being funny. funky. And being funny. And then, you know, play the guitar funny too. And, and you're standing there like, <laughs> you know, it playing three and four hour gigs doesn't get 
easier over time. It gets more difficult. And, and, um, I've got, I've got like, I'm pretty calloused as far as like being able to, I know how to get through those nights and I know how to like, you're like one big callous. Take the edge. I really am. It's so, and bitter. bitter I'm a large bitter callous. That was that was a compliment. And so, uh, <laughs> you're a beige callous, Croft. Go on. I mean, that, but that's the grind, and that's what like that's that. where the so. that's where the money is, right? That's for for what I can see. And you know, I still I I do when I when I when I gig, I do play a lot of covers, and I do a lot of I, I try to do my original music. If, if I'm playing for people who I have never heard me before, I'm probably going to reel them in with a little Tom Petty, you ah. know, you know, maybe throw a little bit. If I can get a Stevie Wonder action going on there, whatever, I, some Johnny Denver, Johnny Denver, you guys getting this with John Denver? You know, you can cover a range. I, like, you can hey, play to yeah. What's going to get your eyes Reading and ears turned up on me and then I can give you some and then I'm going to hit you up with my a tune of my own. And I'm when say did like, you start you know, to develop the sense of how to read, read a room and yeah. tell that's, what people? Yeah, yeah, that's something that takes a while. It, you know, it's it's. I was doing it for years before I really felt like, like I could figure out what worked and what didn't. And well, I mean, you can figure out what doesn't work really pretty quickly, <laughs> right? When people just but, like yeah. start completely checking out. Yeah, and there's some stuff that I play now that I'm like, I will never be caught dead playing a John Denver song anywhere. And now, mm. my "Take Me Home, Country Roads" that's one of my favorite songs to play. <laughs> It's so pure and genuine and sweet, and people love the people song. People fucking love I mean, it. Yeah, it's just Eat what it you up. want. At the end of the day, like when you're performing for people, mm. you, and you're up there, like I gotta be up here for an hour long set, and I'm gonna do three of these tonight, and I want to find some way to connect to you. Otherwise, I'm gonna sit and watch ESPN on the TV that you're also watching because <laughs> I can do this and watch <laughs> your jalapeno poppers. Trust me, but I would Give me much rather for us to connect doing something. And so I want to find those songs that like grab people's attention, gets them in, pulls them in, get them interested in what I'm doing. Get, like let there be some energy exchange between mm. what I'm putting out and what hopefully what you're giving me back. Because if people are giving you their energy and attention and clapping and getting excited about what you're doing, then it feeds you. It's like it's like food. You know, it's that it's energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I can get through and I'm going to be excited about the next song I'm going to play it that much better. So it's that sort of thing. A give and take between an audience that is what the, that's the drug of what musicians What's are, the most are, electric I think are crowd seeking. you've played in front of would you say oh i couldn't even tell you i i i'm not sure that i have that gig i just know that i have those nights every once in a while mm. where people are really into what you're doing and they're really excited about it you know when i had the, the cd release party for this album last may that was one of the nights that like people are really listening and they're quiet they're not talking during where your song where was that we did the Brink Lounge. Oh, the down, Brink is yeah, a good space. Downtown. Yeah. And that was one of those nights where like, I, you feel like you can actually perform. I'm going to put on a performance tonight. Mm. You, know, you can really perform for people because they're just they're just going to eat it up. And they're going to get the little things that you're doing. And when, and when, they're, when they're doing that, like, there's just nothing better than that. came your way wouldn't miss that train or you'd never live it down but in here I go again I lost control and I tell you anything 
better slow down and listen Cause boy, you're gonna turn out just the same And boy, you better find what you're missing in me can't take no more No, you've got in store for me is another bad day If you could see your eyes you wouldn't recognize the face I see Touch with these bloody hands. Oh, now, now, boy, you better slow down and listen. Cause, boy, you're gonna turn out just the same. And, boy, you better find what you're missing in me. Slow.